0: who would like to take up another five minutes of the time ordinarily allotted to the speaker in a similar way that Walter Roach did, I assure you I'll be very, very happy to let him have that time. It's wonderful to be present. I don't know when I ever stood before an audience where I see so much promise as in the audience before me at this moment. I regard it as a great honor to come to this great institution. A year ago, I sat in London listening to a number of sermons delivered on the Easter occasion. When I had listened to two or three of them, I turned to Sister Sonny and said, we have heard a great deal about Easter. We've heard very little about Jesus Christ. And then when last Christmas came, we sat before the radio listening to other sermons a great deal was said about Christmas very little was said about him whose birth was being commemorated and so I have noticed that for many years. And someone has said that the historian finds it very difficult to account for Jesus Christ. They can account for most every other man of prominence in the world. But they cannot account for the master among men. It isn't difficult, for instance, to account for Alexander the Great. Historians do so readily. Neither is it difficult to account for men like Napoleon and Julius Caesar. It is known that the love and glory of war developed these two conspicuous characters. Neither is it difficult to account for William Shakespeare, the great literary genius of England. He came forth during the intellectual activity of his day, which in all probability produced him and set him out as a great character in the literary world. It should not be difficult to account for men who laid the foundation of this great republic. Men like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, Patrick Henry, and many others. I think these men came at a time when there was an honest and a sincere desire for freedom in the world. For they talked about equal rights, all of them. And they talked about freedom and liberty too. And then we stop to account for Jesus. And no one seems able to account for him unless that one accepts the explanation which he himself Gave A few years ago, in a little out-of-the-way ward of the church, I was asked to give a two-and-one-half-minute talk in the Sunday school. It was Christmas morning, and someone suggested to me Tell us in a dozen sentences something about Jesus Christ which you cannot say about any other character of human history. And so, rather haphazardly, I wrote down 10 or 12 sentences. About Jesus, things which I think cannot truthfully say, be said about any other character in history. I write first of all Jesus, the only perfect character who has lived upon the earth. As I proceed during the next few minutes, you will come to understand what I mean when I call him a perfect character. First of all, he never made a mistake in his teaching. After the lapse of 19 centuries, we go back and ponder his words with great satisfaction. No one believing on him has found it necessary to revise or revamp a single word which he uttered. He was never confused nor puzzled before every any situation. He seemed to know always and forever where he was. He seemed to know his way amongst the children of men. He never argued nor contended to establish his point, yet he was the world's greatest teacher. Isn't that remarkable? Jesus simply went forth amongst the children of men, announcing his doctrines, And his teachings. And they were so self-evidently true. That they needed no explanation. Whatever. The common people heard him. And they understood him. And everyone understood him. If he spoke to the children. They understood him. Isn't it remarkable that he was able to do this? Can you make a similar claim of any other character about whom you have read in your history book? I think you will find it difficult and then I wrote down this sentence. He is the most powerful and the most commanding personality in human history. Pilate was uneasy and disturbed before him. Nicodemus almost appeared stupid before this man of Galilee. And I recall an occasion when Jesus with his disciples was in the garden of Gethsemane and the Roman soldiers came to arrest him. There they came with all their paraphernalia of war. Dressed in all probability in the uniform of their country. They were hard faced men. They had been disciplined to endure hardship and difficult situations, they entered the garden and there was Jesus with his disciples. He spoke first whom seek ye he said, Jesus of Nazareth and still they made no attempt to take him he asked them the second time, "Whom seek ye?" And they said, "Jesus of Nazareth." And he said, "I am he." Still he hesitated. And then they turned to these then he turned to these Roman soldiers. And he said to them, take me, but leave these my friends alone, speaking of his disciples. And then those Roman soldiers did a remarkable thing. If you read it in the New Testament, you will find something Like this, the soldiers fell on their faces before Jesus. It was a wonderful tribute to the man of Galilee. How glorious it would have been to have gazed upon him at that time. His ministry was almost complete. He was to do the last solemn thing which would preserve his memory forever. And there he stood in splendid manhood and in the majesty of a great leader. And best of all, he was recognized by those hardened soldiers. Then I wrote down another sentence. He was the best storyteller of which we have any record. And I referred to the story of the prodigal son, which we call a parable. Charles Dickens stated the story of the prodigal son is the most beautiful story ever told, and it has lived for almost 20th centuries and we read it today with the freshness of yesterday. So well put is that story. And then I jotted down the story of the Good Samaritan, surely it too is a great story. You recall the circumstances under which it was given. A young lawyer stood up, a man probably, who was wise in his own eyes, and prudent in his own sight. Which is the greatest of all the commandments? He asked the master. And the master said, you read. And the lawyer read, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, You're right. That's it. But the lawyer wasn't satisfied to be put down so easily. So he came back with another question. It was a good question, too. And Jesus evidently knew it was a good question. For he asked him this Who is my neighbor? And Jesus told him that wonderful story about the good Samaritan. I hope you young men and women will open your books and read that story and ponder that great message which came to the children of men so long ago from the lips of the greatest teacher which the world has ever known. I wrote down another sentence. He met every situation perfectly. He said and did the right thing on every occasion. Never a mistake. Even now when we read it, we would not dare to change a single phrase uttered by the Lord Jesus in all of his teachings. So well did he give it. but he met every situation perfectly. I could mention several. I think of one now, this moment. It was when someone asked him if it were lawful to pay tribute to Caesar. It was an attempt to trip and trap the Master, a thing which no one ever succeeded in doing. Jesus looked at the questioner and he asked him this Has anyone a coin? About them, immediately somebody produced a coin. Jesus didn't touch the coin. He merely asked, whose superscription is on the coin? That of Caesar, they replied. And then there fell from the lips of Jesus the greatest sermon ever delivered on honesty. Render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. I submit to you that the answer was the best possible answer which the master could have given on that occasion. There are many others throughout the New Testament And then I wrote down this statement. Jesus has no parallel as a public speaker. He delivered the greatest sermon ever preached. The Lord's Prayer is perfect in its diction. It is comprehensive and complete in its scope and covers every phase of life. I want you to think of that next time someone in your presence sings that poetic prayer. Given by Jesus as an example to his disciples. It's masterful. I want you also to read the Sermon on the Mount recorded in the fifth, sixth, and seventh chapter of Matthew. That magnificent sermon is big enough and broad enough in its scope to serve as the constitution for all humanity, everywhere, no matter where the people may live. I wrote down again, he was terrible in rebuke and administered the most scathing denunciation found in all literature. Again, I would ask you to read the 23rd chapter of Matthew. May I read as an illustration only one paragraph from that denunciation and that rebuke administered to the religious leaders said Jesus Woe unto you scribes Pharisees Hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers of them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves. Then he said, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in the synagogues and persecute them from city to city. He had no sooner uttered these words of this denunciation than he turned to the people themselves and in the profoundest sympathy gave these words so very familiar to us. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Will you account for the Lord Jesus in the same way that he himself accounted for himself? If you will go through life With the deep conviction that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and that He is in reality the Son of God, you will build upon a foundation that shall stand firmly through all the vicissitudes of your life god bless you amen you've been listening to the jesus christ our savior and redeemer podcast presented by byu speeches please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches classic speeches and byu speeches compilations on overcoming adversity by study and by faith come follow me love and marriage